Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. Secure Talk is brought to you by Adequest, your cybersecurity and compliance partner. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking with Zed Al Qureshi, who is the CEO at Z Security and also a very well-known online educator in the cybersecurity space. Zed has published several books and online courses, including Learn Ethical Hacking from Scratch, which has had over 92,000 students on the Udemy platform alone take that course. He's also created a course called Learn Social Engineering from Scratch and several other courses related to website hacking and penetration testing. Zed, in addition to doing all of that, has uh, recently launched a bug bounty platform called bug-bounty.com. And we'll be talking a little bit about that, some of his courses, and more on today's episode of Secure Talk. So, hey, Zed, how you, how you been? It's been a, been a few years. It's been a while, yeah. How are you doing? I'm very good. How are you? Good, good. I just looked at the, um, the dates of the last time that we spoke, and I think it was in June 2018, so almost three years ago. Has it been that long? Yeah, it's been a while. So um, I thought it was like 19. I knew it wasn't 2020, but it was. I thought it would have been 19. Yeah, and it was actually one of our uh, most popular episodes. Um, I think that uh, you know the, your message resonated with a lot of people out there. And plus, you, you obviously have a lot of students around the world who are kind of keen to hear what you have to say. I got to ask you before we get started, what is that uh, medieval torture device hanging off of your back door there or the door behind you? Oh, that's, uh, you know, COVID stuff. So now I have kind of a gym in the office. So I use ah, okay. <laughs> uh, I have I have weights. I have a bench here. Uh, it turned into a gym, this place. But that's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. No, I, right, right. I, so I started, um, I started doing a lot of body weight exercises because you can't go to the gym, right? And so yeah, I, started, yeah. I started reading a lot and watching. There's this guy, uh, Sats, um, Pavel Satsalin. And I don't know if you've ever seen mm. him, but he's a, a Russian strength coach. Uh, he's been on Joe Rogan many times, and he's written, I don't know, like 20 different books. Uh, but he, he, he goes and into the deep science of you know, how to optimize body weight exercises. And uh, there's okay. some really cool research out there. And you, and you don't need a lot of fancy equipment. I mean, that, that thing on your door doesn't look all that fancy. What does that actually do? Is that... Uh, yeah, you can hang with it and you do back workouts. I just do back workouts with that one. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you put it, you close the door on it, and you can do it like this. And it's like the rows that you could do with the bar yeah. in the gym, but yeah. you can't really do that. So, oh, you can do some leg workouts with it actually as well. Jumping, they're not jump, yeah, something, jumping, jump squats. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool, yeah. yeah. You can do a few workouts with it. It's, yeah, you mix it up, you know, some of that, some on the bench. Yeah. I have a few dumbbells. So, yeah, I have to do. I remember the first time I bought some uh, like equipment for training at home at the start of the pandemic. And I was like, is that, you know, am I going to regret this? Did I spend too much? And I actually didn't spend that much. I just bought like a pull-up bar. But I know I don't like training at home. Uh, and now looking back and I was like, oh, I should have probably bought more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I mean, I don't know. what. Are, are you still in Ireland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know what it's like there, but here it's almost impossible to order any kind of home exercise equipment. I mean, as soon as the pandemic hit, everything got sold out, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. so we were fortunate. We, we uh, you know, my boys and I got a pull-up bar, one of those ones you hang in the doorway. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a little bit awkward because you can hit your head on the ceiling. So, but it's something to do. And I find that, um, I mean, probably like, you know, you're in front of the computer all day long. You do need to do some exactly. exercise, right? Yeah. You know, exactly. walk yeah. around the block, etc. But, um, yeah, so like, 
how how have things been for your business since this whole crazy 2020 um you know the pandemic and everything yeah uh, yeah yeah it was crazy now um didn't really affect us that much because as you know we work online where we've been an online company before the pandemic and a lot of the people work from home anyway so uh, in terms of uh, the pandemic affecting the business didn't really affect us negatively if anything it was actually good for us because a lot of people are moving online and there is more consultancies and more things to do um, more people that want to learn more people are learning from home and as you know again we teach online so everything we do online and the, the whole pandemic accelerated everything to go online as well so in terms of biz business didn't really affect us but you know it's the same thing the traveling the the fact that you don't really feel safe leaving the house uh, the way that you're stuck at home that kind of stuff so it's nothing to do with the business but yeah affect us like anyone else yeah one of the companies i consult with uh they do online language learning um and uh, they were really concerned at the beginning of the pandemic that things were going to slow down, but actually things accelerated because you do have people who are at home and then looking for ways to yep. to use their extra time, right? And um, go yeah, online yeah, and studying exactly. is, is great. Yeah. And obviously cybersecurity is is super, super timely and becoming increasingly important. I think the last time we spoke, I, I, I have to check my notes, but I think you had four or five courses online. Where Why don't you give a quick update in terms of like the total number of courses you have, where they're at, what types of courses, et cetera? Yeah, so I think since the last time we spoke, I released two courses. I released my Python and ethical hacking course, and I released my uh, privacy, anonymity, and security. Um, obviously, the previous ones are still being kept up to date. That's why I don't actually release as much courses as I do. Like a lot of uh, a lot of the time, you see companies and like even instructors, they would release the second version of their course, you know, a third version. And what I do is my my courses are the way I call them, like rolling courses, as in like. If something needs to be updated, I don't make a new course with a new update. I go back and update that section. It makes sense, makes more sense that way. You make less money, but you keep your customers happier. So um, I'm happy doing that. Absolutely. Yes. Um, go ahead, sorry. Yes. Yeah, so, so the previous courses are still there. Ethical hacking from scratch, which is the basic one, website hacking, uh, social engineering. And we added the Python and ethical hacking because programming is can can enhance your hacking skills drastically and can actually be useful in many scenarios so it makes sense to cover that i chose python because i love python and i think it's a really good language to learn for hackers and um, we released the, there was one section that i felt like i never covered which is the privacy the security so we may i made a course on python uh, sorry on security privacy and anonymity so why don't you talk a little bit about that course because what <clears throat> I see sometimes in cybersecurity is you have the kind of technical aspects of it. Um, and then you have the more, um, I guess it would be policy or strategic aspects. So for example, um, you know, somebody who's going to go in and do pen testing, they're using some skills, some technical skills. And if you're doing some, if you're writing some script or something to try to, to uh, find a vulnerability, that's more technical. But if you're implementing a policy, for example, zero trust policy or, um, you know, uh, uh, least, least, uh, what do you call it? P permissions, uh, Help me out here. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, uh, PMI or just in times permissions, uh, pr permission, privileged identity management. Gosh, yeah, yeah. I need more coffee. Um, I mean, those are more at the kind of strategic or policy level. And when it comes to privacy, I think you can get both as well. So what do you cover in your course? Yeah, so my course is actually not done for security for in terms of like servers or companies. It's mainly directed towards individuals. So companies can teach it to their employees, but it's not about like securing the 
the network of the company or any of that. Um, the idea is how you as an individual can protect your anonymity, privacy and security and serve, you know, the Internet safely. Um, a lot of like, as we know, a lot of the attacks and exploit a social. There is a social engineering aspect to it. Sure. Um, I actually done a conference, I think that was after we spoke as well. And mainly everything I showed, I was speaking, the, the title was uh, how you got hacked, how you spent, I think, a million and still got hacked or something like that. And the idea was, yeah, you spent like, the, you got the best, uh, the latest and greatest security software and all that. You secured your servers and websites and everything, but you can still get hacked through the employees if they're not educated well in terms of cybersecurity. So this course was more geared towards that. So how to basically do everything while maintaining your security. And also it had an aspect of um, like protecting your privacy because that's becoming a, a bigger and a bigger issue for users and anonymity. And I also cover how to access the dark web properly because um, you could access the dark web easily, obviously using Tor, uh, but you could, it, to do it properly, it, take, it takes much more to do it properly while like knowing that, okay, I'm safe and I, I'm, I know what I'm doing instead of just opening up a browser and just accessing websites. Okay, so in, in, when you talk about that, you're, you're basically um, a way to protect your identity, your information um, when you're on these sites. That's what you're talking about? Yeah, in general and on the dark web. So you get the same information, like the dark web is simply just normal websites. So the same information. Can I know, be applied, sounds, sounds pretty actually, ominous, man, the dark web. <laughs> I know, it's just the name. It's just, that, that's the main thing that I say in the course as well. It's just the name, the dark web. It's, you know, well, it's, it's nothing, it's just websites. And if you know how to protect your privacy and anonymity in normal websites, you'll be able to do it on the dark web too. Okay. Um, what percentage of your, your students are cybersecurity professionals or aspiring professionals versus just general public or uh, employees who are looking to learn, you know, better practices to, you know, protect their privacy and their data, et cetera? Um, I actually don't know. So never, I don't really have, um, I, like we can obviously look at, the, but we never really done such statistics to see mm -hmm. how many of them are actually, um, but we get uh, looking at basic stuff like basic analytics because there is a Udemy for business and only business users come from that and that's about 10% of the amount of students but obviously normal like you could have a smaller business and not be part because Udemy for business is very expensive so you could just buy the courses for your for your uh, for your employees so hard to actually know how much exactly but I know from Udemy for business is about 10% okay that's great um, and and back onto the privacy why don't you just give us a couple samples of tips I mean, I, I, don't, I know you want to give your course away for free, but give, give us a couple things that people should be kind of aware of. Um, where do I start? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like everything we use these days, they, they obviously like, and I, I'm sure we heard, like you heard about it uh, everywhere, like pretty much a lot of the websites you sign up for track a lot. Like they, they basically get anything they can from you if you're even if you don't have like a facebook account or whatever we've heard that a lot like they they make ghost profiles for people so the way that works is any website that has say for example the facebook share buttons and i'm only using facebook here as an as an example but other websites do it um so let's say you're on a website that has the facebook share button uh, that button collects data and sends it back to say to facebook so even if you don't have an account uh, they'll create an alias for you probably just a number and then everywhere you go this edit will be profiled and then you know the more the more data they collect about you obviously the better ads they can do but obviously this data can also be leaked and can be sold and can 
know, it can be used for social it. engineering or whatever, right? Because if they know yeah, that you're, yeah. hey, you know, Zed's been um, searching for this particular product and um, and we're going to craft an email from the manufacturer saying, you know, looking like it's from, and, and you're like, oh, hey, you know, I can sign up for the loyalty club or whatever. And yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, and um, like the, the, if I'm given just a quick tip would be use fake names and fake information as much as you can. Uh, there's also plugins that, that are actually really cool that will uh, just open random tabs and random websites, so you can do that every now and then to confuse just, these just, kind of just, trackers. Just to me- just to mess with them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, that's just simple stuff. But um, yeah, I was I was setting up my niece's computer recently, and um, yeah, well, she was just making an email, and you know, she's very happy, first time, whatever. And uh, obviously, she was putting her real name, her real everything. I was like, no, 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 make an identity <laughs> for yourself. And she she actually found it she found it amazing because she's making this um, you know fictional Persona? character. Yeah. So she yeah exactly. So she named her something else, and she 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 put a different age, different interests every time she's signing up. But she has to follow this identity because you know if you if you put different information, then again they'll know this is fake because you're putting different information in different places. So make this identity and always follow it on all the other websites. And at least you're you know you're doing the bare minimum but it's still better than nothing yeah it's it's amazing um i mean i think that's some, some really good advice in fact I, i'm gonna i'm gonna try it just I, i've never done that but i'm gonna, I'm gonna do it just to try it uh, but i it's really amazing like how tightly integrated the the search engines are with the ad servers um across multiple platforms and i mean you know it's a pretty simplistic example but it happens almost daily where i'll be on google search for something um and then go to facebook and boom there's the ad for exactly and it's like yeah it's kind of weird you know um so so yeah what are your thoughts on you know things like alexa and siri and cortana oh yeah no (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah no (laughs) yeah like i was yeah yeah, i would never put stuff like that in my house for example i was speaking to someone he's like oh yeah but Um, do you have one of these you you, you have one of these server room yeah i know like sometimes you know you have to make a compromise somewhere Hey you have Siri, to compromise somewhere. See, I mean, she's listening, right? It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's listening all the time. Yeah. Um, do you, but do like, you, you know, you have do you, people. Do you using... turn yours off? Yeah. You do. I, 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 you know, I just got a new phone, and and I, it's so annoying. Every time I, I ask my kids something, and they don't know, so they'll ask Siri, right? And um, and so I've been kind of playing around with it, but it is kind of spooky, right? Because it's it's on all the time, not just yeah, when you say "Hey Siri." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then again, if you're even if you're trusting the the. The, the the company that this data is being sent to. Let's say you like you have blind trust in Apple and you know they will never misuse your information. Cool, perfect, good for them. But the problem is, what if Apple gets leaked? What right. do you trust all the employees at Apple? What if one of the employees hated Apple and did something? Um, yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. Like I know again some big social media companies, um, the way that they operate and like a lot of their teams, a lot of their employees. And I want to say names. Um, have access to everything you do, like have access to your personal messages if they wanted to. Obviously, if they just access it for no reason, um, they're not, they will get in trouble. Right. So there is, there is one. If they get caught. They're not not (laughs) supposed to open your messages, but if they wanted to, they can actually go in and see like a personal message that you sent to somebody. Mm. Um, I think that's huge. Like it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been implemented that way. You should, you should only be able to access what you should be able to access. And these are huge companies that can definitely um, afford to implement this kind of stuff properly. But I don't know why it's not done that way, but yeah. So you talk, you talk about these things in your course? Um, well, yeah, I talk about how to avoid these things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Um, and so with uh, another thing, just to add for there, yeah. I'm, not, I'm sorry for to cut you. No, um, no, no. Please. For kids, I I noticed that like it's it's obviously you know kids are very easy to it's it's much easier to teach a kid than teaching somebody that is grown up. So again, uh, when my niece came in to set up her computer, I had Windows on it, and I have like Windows is fine, works well, whatever. What for what she wanted, she could have used Linux, and in my opinion, Linux is more secure and is a better operating system. That's my personal. How opinion. how old is your niece? Ballpark? You don't uh, give me the exact. She's age. only twelve. She's, she's only twelve. She's probably the only twelve-year-old using Linux stuff. <laughs> she's yeah, like, so, the kids so at school are like, what is that? Like, what is that? Yeah, because I tried to get her mom to use uh, Linux and she hated it and she's like don't set it up for her come on she's just a git she wants to enjoy I was like uh, so I, I said to her I was like look I'll set it up for you for a week if you don't like it come back I'll put you back on Windows and she's like yeah cool and she likes writing and I was like would you want somebody to see your stories and all that and that's that's when she's like no I don't want to so uh, yeah I set it up with uh, set her up with Linux and that was like I think five months ago and yeah I'm, I'm like she's very happy I actually checked up with her the other day. I was like are you good with it she's like yeah it's perfect I don't get why people complain about it yeah, there you go because she started with it like people I think you should give her an internship yeah give her an internship <laughs> put, put her to work for you <laughs> no um, she's actually not techie at all she just likes writing the, uh, the, the thing is like yeah people start with Windows and they learn how to use Windows and then it's hard the transition becomes harder but once you set them up like with something that is a little bit more secure even if it's less convenient this is what they're going to learn and they'll actually be okay with it okay and, yeah. well so so that's that's i mean that's a good point let's just say hey i'm in the market for a new computer which uh, i am by the way <laughs> so uh, and and you know um i i'm a, I'm a typical user i use my browser i use you know the the the, the uh, office 365 suite of, of of tools um and that's pretty much it you know um i'm, I'm using some uh, uh, some uh uh, teams or or zoom um and maybe a you know the the podcast recording platform nothing you know super so in that situation would you still advise somebody to, to go and set up a, a linux machine yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah linux compatibility is amazing now like you can yeah you can get everything working on it awesome you might you might yeah you might, stuff might crash here and there but you'll figure it out and then you'll feel really good and that's it <laughs> So do you, um, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you, for hardware, you're on a Mac? I'm on a Mac, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. Do, you, do you run Parallels then? Um, so, or... uh, yeah, well, I use VirtualBox because um, it's free yeah. and it's open source, so yeah. Cool, cool. Well, so give, um, let's back up a little bit. I mean, the last time we spoke, you already had something like a couple hundred thousand students globally. Um, what kind of metrics are you tracking these days? Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, we have uh, we on Udemy. I have uh, over five hundred thousand now, and then awesome. I have other platforms now. So altogether is about seven hundred thousand, I'd say, uh, students. We're we're doing really well as well in terms of our uh, like YouTube channel and just our website, like Z Security. Um, so we've we've got well over a million followers at this stage. That's that's amazing. And just uh, as a reminder, I think you. You just you graduated in college, what, 2015 or something like that? 16. 16, right. So <laughs> that's you're 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 killing it, man. That's that's great. Um, what what's the challenge for you? Like, I mean, because your business is growing, right? And so, I mean, at the beginning, it was you know you. I, if I recall the story correctly, you know you had all this content. Somebody advised you that you should create uh, curate it, curate it, uh, put it into like a more structured course. 
um, and then yeah. start selling it. And then you started creating more content. Um, and at that point, it was you and, um, uh, you know, maybe a couple other people. Um, is it still a pretty small operation or are you, are you getting any kind uh, of growing pains at all? Or? Yeah, well, we expanded more now. There's 10 of us at the moment. Wow. Uh, and we would have definitely expanded more if it wasn't for the pandemic. Uh, the only reason is I felt like I uh, the next the next one or two employees I want them to actually. So I have a lot of people that work online. I told you, and yeah. um, that's perfect. That's fine. Uh, but like, I do want one or two more to be here with me in the office. And obviously, I can't have people here with me in the office. Um, so that's why I'm. I, <laughs> you keep thinking, okay, it's going to be nearly over, nearly over, nearly over, and carry that to be a year. But uh, yeah, at the moment we're ten. Hopefully, we'll be more soon. That's that's awesome. And at what point is it hard for you, or is it hard for you? Like, I mean, I, I know that running a business is is very different from, example, from teaching a course or creating content, yeah. which is also mm -hmm. very different from developing your hacking skills. But in order for you to kind of run the business, you do have to have quality control. I don't know if you're you're still creating most of the content. Is it you, or is it a team effort, or? Uh, the, no, the like the courses is still just me, and yeah. hence that's why I actually, you know, in the last in the last year, I did not create a new course. So oh, 2020, yeah. I didn't release a new course. It was mainly just updating what I have and just maintaining everything we have. We launched a new platform as well, so that took a lot of time. Um, What's the platform? So, yeah, uh, we launched our own bug bounty platform. Okay, uh, talk, bounty. talk about that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, so it's bug-bounty.com. Uh, this actually, I, I launched something similar to it in Arabic before I did any of this, uh, okay. before I even went to college. Um, it just didn't do very well. I think the idea of bug bounty was new in the Western, like in, 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 in even for, if, uh, in the Western market, which is more evolved in terms of cybersecurity. Um, so the Arabic version didn't do very well. Um, so I actually had the domain bug-bounty.com from that time. Wow. And I got it pretty cheap. So every time now when I tell people, oh, we just launched this, they're like, oh, you must paid like good money for, for that domain. I'm like, no, I just had it for a long time. Um, so yeah, uh, just kind of revived it now because obviously revived it in English and obviously we have a lot of reach now, lots of followers, so it should do better. But the idea is it's simply, it's to help companies, websites or app owners to discover bugs, not necessarily security bugs, could be display bugs. Um, uh, much easier and at a cheaper rate. So let's say you have a website, you list it uh, on our platform on bug-bounty, um, and then hackers, like we already have 600 hackers within a week of launching the website. So they're gonna test your platform for free and you'll only need to pay them once they discover a bug. And um, when they discover bugs or reports, they send them to us. We validate them to make sure that these, bug these bugs are valid. And only if they are valid, we'll send it to you. Um, the reason why you need a middleman because you like we uh, being the middleman we get a lot of reports a lot of them could be wrong so that's 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 what that's why you need um, a middleman to first of all validate the bugs and also get you the hackers and um, bigger bigger companies like Google and Facebook have their own bug bounty platforms uh, but they can do this obviously because they have a huge reach and they also have uh, they have their own security team that can manage that for them. And they still actually use other platforms right now. So they use platforms like HackerOne and BugCrowd. So no, that's, that's interesting because um, at Adequest, the company I work with, um, mm. will do you know pen testing and, and um, a variety of security assessments. Uh, I would think that 
there might be a way for us to uh, kind of offer that as a value add or a white labeled service or, you know, um, how, what's the, the fee structure for something like that? Because, again, I mean, obviously the, the big guys, Google and et cetera, they've got their home, own huge community that they can access. But if you're just a small, medium sized startup or, you know, you've got some kind of web app, um, you know, you, you, how are you going to gather 600 hackers to, to you know, to, um, to try to find exactly. your bugs? And so yeah. they, they can go to, to uh, Bug Bounty. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, how, how do you charge for something like that? Obviously, it's, they're going to pay for the bounty, but, like, give me a range. Yeah, so the bounty, they can actually pick whatever they want to pay for the bounty. So you could just give points or give T-shirts or mugs for the bounty. That's something completely up to the company to pick. Uh, you got huge companies like uh, GM Motors. They actually give T-shirts, which I think they should actually start giving money. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so you, could, you could pick whatever you want for the bounty. Uh, for us, as the platform where you're listing your bounty, uh, you pay per listing. Um, so it depends on that. Depends on the company because the bigger the bigger the website or the app you have, the more reports we will get and the more validation we have to do and all that. So we were doing it per case. We can't really just give like a specific price for it while we're doing it per case. But so what if? multiple hackers find multiple bugs then everybody gets paid they, everybody gets their t-shirt or or whatever no right? just just the first person gets the bounty so Is the that first it? person that reports it gets the bounty yeah oh, well yeah but that's i mean but if you find like you find one bug i find another bug we should both get a t-shirt right yeah of course oh, okay, or yeah. whatever the bounty yeah, is yeah. yeah okay cool yeah yeah um and and what skills i mean how do these the, the hackers do they they all use the same kind of um uh, approach to, to finding bugs or is there a, a, a wide range yeah so each person obviously have their own style and their own way of like going about um, testing let's say a website um like a lot of them follow the same the same methods followed by when a pen test is done so they will go in you know test all the features test for whatever vulnerabilities um the only thing is they have to remain within the scope with a pen test, obviously, usually you get a bigger scope than what's on the bug bounty. So again, on the company, well, the company that lists the listing, they can choose which parts of the website, which uh, applications, which features uh, to be tested. And they can also say, okay, stay away from this place. We don't want you to test that. Stay away from these kind of attacks. It's okay. So uh, yeah, they, all they have to do is just make sure that they're within the scope that you give them. Awesome. Hey, um, I mean, you've got students all around the world, um, and you originally started offering um, courses in Arabic, right? Um, where are most of your students now? And, and, and I guess what's more important, interesting for me is, are you seeing an increase in the number of students, for example, in North America or Eastern Europe or in, or in the Middle East? Or I mean, because that would point to an increasing amount of interest in cybersecurity and cybersecurity education. Yeah. Yeah, but it also could uh, point to an increased marketing. Yeah, of uh, course. Yeah. Target, <laughs> yeah. just, just to let you know that. Because there is an increase, and the increase is in India uh, from the previous years. But I think that's also due to just India being targeted more in terms of marketing. Okay, okay. Um, and do you, do you find that um, different regions around the world have different levels of maturity for cybersecurity, cybersecurity education? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's mainly not the individuals, it's mainly the companies. So you could see, for example, like lots of, uh, 
I, I can speak more, like I can give more information about the Arabic market because I, I still have like relations there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could see like the individuals in the Arabic market, even when I started my bug bounty website like a few years back, um, the individuals were very well educated. They know of the threats and they're actually really good hackers in there. The only problem is the companies aren't ready yet to pay like they still don't like understand how valuable it is to be more secure to prevent hackers from getting access to data and all that kind of stuff so a lot of these individuals end up getting companies in different countries or in different places because uh, they can't get work in their country but obviously other places value their skills and um, it's 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 amazing because um it's almost like some some countries still have their heads in the sand about what the potential threats are uh and and i i spent um well I, I lived in japan for five years and then i went back last year for a year to set up the, uh, the japan office for adequest and i had several conversations with um and it's interesting because you have japanese companies and then you have multinationals who are doing business in japan and the multinationals tend to be a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of you know um, moving things to the cloud and deploying the 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 latest um, secure security practices or best practices related to security um, but a lot of the local companies still, um, they're reluctant. And I, I remember I had a conversation with the, the uh, CTO of a, it was about a $2 billion company, a bricks and mortar type company. And, you know, we just did a, a very high level or, very, you know, security assessment. And one of the things that we po- pointed out was that, you know, maybe, maybe your global admins, um, maybe you should have them do MFA or multi-factor authentication, two-factor authentication. And um, and the response was was amazing. It's like ah, oh, that's going to be really, it's going to be difficult for them. You know, it's going to be they're they're not going to want to do that. And I'm like, <laughs> if if you one of those accounts gets compromised, you want to talk about difficulty, right? But it, there's yeah. there's still a reluctance. And then I think also there's sometimes when companies do get hacked, um, there's not the same level of of, of uh, what's the word? Uh, transparency, or um, you know, sharing with the public what's actually happened. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. And yeah. Do, do you do you see that in different countries that you that you work in? Yeah, and the thing is also like a lot of the time. So I do a lot of consultancies as well, and a lot of the time it's after the damage is done. So mm. they got hacked or something happened, and they're like, okay, so how do we recover? How do we do this? How do you? And like, so so you know, obviously give them the advice and whatever, and like. You know, I'm not to say I told you so, like you should have, but you really should have, like. <laughs> but I told you so. But <laughs> someone else, yeah, you should have spoke with someone. Like you know, you should have considered this. It's not, it's not something that couldn't, like you should have expected this, or even if you didn't, you should have got like, an expert. You should have spoke to someone, because it's gonna cost you so much more now that like the damage is done. It, it's, it would have been so much better to. To do it and it's one of these things like let's say you do go ahead and implement the best security measures which will cost you let's say x amount of money and you never get hacked you're gonna think oh did i just waste that money because you never you know you it's it's if it works if it works it's perfect but you'll never feel like you got your value because you know if it works it's supposed to stop people from hacking you and you're not going to be hacked and you're going to think maybe i was okay without it so but, that's, but you, that's you, the you, biggest problem. But, but, you know, the best insurance is the insurance that you never really have to use, right? But you still pay it, right? You know, so yeah. it's, uh, I guess, but it is hard for companies to get their mind around that. But if you start looking at all the, the reputational, the legal and compliance risk, and just the business risk involved with, yeah. with any kind of breach, you know, I, 
Um, I'm happy that we've spent the money and we don't get reach. But uh, are you seeing, because um, you mentioned you get brought in um, to consult after the fact sometimes, are these, uh, you know, these uh, ransomware attacks or they, what kind of, what kind of um, you know, issues are you seeing? Ransomware and fraud. Um, lots of fraud. Okay, when you, an example? I don't think I, I should. Oh, well, you don't have to give specific names. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, yeah, you know, the customer could actually be listening to this. and I don't Okay, want no, no, no worries, yeah. no worries. God, I want to get the details, yeah. man. <laughs> so, um, so, so, you know, um, are, are, are things coming in, in Ireland? Are, are you, is it getting closer to being business back to, uh, back to usual? People getting the vaccine yet or... It's very slow, to be honest. Uh, we're only vaccinating people over 75 you've got now, like this week. You've got a so while to wait. It's, then. it's a yeah. long way. Yeah, yeah, it's a long way. Yeah. Um, well, assuming that we do come out of this, I mean, what, what plans do you have uh, for, for your business in, in 2021 and going forward? Yeah, so I'm um, bug bounty. We're going to spend more time on that, hopefully implement more features. We have like so many other features that we have in mind that we want to push to it. Um, I really think we can uh, we can definitely compete very well. We got the audience, we got the we got the skills. So, um, update my existing courses. I'm aiming to publish a new course as well this year. Um, I'm pushing a second version of my book because I think my the first version is like completely out of date at this stage. Um, so I will be doing that this year. So, what's the new course? And and, and remind us of of your book. Uh, so the book is based on my course on learning ethical hacking from scratch. Okay. Um, this will just literally be the newest version because a lot of the stuff in there is kind of old. Like you can still get value out of it, but mm. um, I would feel better with a newer version. And um, this is done better with nicer graphics. I think it'll get the message across better. Okay. And then the, the, yeah. new, the new course? The new course is still very under development. Uh, so, secret, uh, secret. Uh, yeah, <laughs> secret. Still top secret. <laughs> Cool. Cool. Well, hey, um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's been good talking with you. I mean, I am s still super impressed with the quality of your content. If I don't know if you remember, but I took your um, um, Learn Ethical Hacking from Scratch course um, and uh, really enjoyed it. And again, I'm the least technical person anywhere. And I, I was able to actually make sense of it. Had fun. Uh, How'd you like yeah, and I maxed out my poor seven-year-old MacBook Air. That now I'm in the market for something, something a little bit more powerful, and, and probably I'll go in and out, and I will um, use Linux and probably get get back in there. Um, nice. What um, any anything else you want to share with us, or any any thoughts about you know um, the, the the education you provide, the the, the courses, anything like that? Uh, no, happy no? enough. Okay. Yeah, I'll send you a free version of the book anyway when it's out. Remind me if I that, don't remember. That that would be that, that I will remind you. When when are you expecting that to be out? Um so it's actually done now. So I'm going to have to I'm just going through a review and I want to do that within the next 3 weeks and then we're going to have to do the graphics. So we still haven't done any graphics like you know screenshots and all that. Uh I would say 4 or 5 months. So is it is it is it available in ebook version or is it it's all print? It's going to be ebook and print. Good, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Hey, I got to ask you just a personal question, and again, I'm probably asking another one that you're going to be like, "I don't." Um, you're originally from Iraq, right? Yeah. Anything you miss? I mean, I mean, I got to think there's a, that's a pretty huge, except for both of them start with I R. There's a big difference between Ireland and in Iraq. Um, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. No, I I definitely miss. So a lot of uh, my relatives are already out of Iraq uh, and my friends. 
So, you know, if I go back, I want to really get to see these guys. I, I usually actually still tr travel to where they live now. Um, so the only place, only thing I miss in Iraq is actually Iraq, like the, the place, you know, the place is not the people because I haven't really, most of my people are out of it by now. Um, yeah, yeah, I miss a few places, you know, places where I grew up or places where my relatives used to go and we used to go to play, you know, it's, it'll be yeah, nice to go. It's kind of again. Nostalgi yeah. nostalgic and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, Zed, uh, as usual, I really enjoyed talking with you. Um, I'm going to put a in the, uh, the, the description of this uh, episode, I'll put links to your courses, everything that I can find, and your, uh, the, it's bugbounty... Bug-bounty.com. Bug-bounty.com, and uh, yeah. put all that information there, and I look forward for you to seeing your book. Perfect. Thank Take you very much. Thanks for your time. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance.